Pro fans all over the world, we welcome you to the Pro Fan Arena where prolific sports fandom, a desire for wisdom in life and work, for the purpose of glorifying God through our gifts and talents, all rumble together. Thank you for joining us. Now introducing your starting lineup. Standing five feet nine from the University of Take Responsibility, playing the position of Chief Encourager, your host, the founder of Pro Fan League, the Pro Fan, Bradley Gibbs! Welcome into the Pro Fan League arena. Happy Friday, Lancaster Thunder. Let's get it, y'all. Go make some plays today. My name is Brad Gibbs, the founder of Pro Fan League. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Jesus Christ is alive. He has conquered sin and death. And that makes this a great day. Now lace up your Adidas Trey Young twos and let's talk sports. Tonight... I have the exciting opportunity to see Trey Young in person hooping in Philadelphia. My boys and I have the privilege of getting down to Philadelphia to take in the Sixers Hawks game tonight. This inspires our shoe for today the Adidas signature Trey Young 2. We are sad that Joel Embiid is injured. We won't get to take in. His greatness on the basketball court tonight. But we're looking forward to the atmosphere. And if you're interested, check out the Twitter this weekend. Or maybe I'll even try to get something up on the website. Hashtag ProFanView. So, if you have a live sports experience this year. Or something that you've experienced in the past that you want to share. I would be really grateful. Email me the picture at gibbs at profanleague.com. Text it to me, and I will get it up under our hashtag, which is hashtag profanview. I will put a picture from the Sixers game tonight at hashtag profanview. Check it out. I'm hoping over the years we have this really amazing collection of pictures from all over the world at 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 sporting events, sports experiences. If anybody's at the Super Bowl, hit me with a hashtag ProFanView. I'd love it. That's, uh, that would be amazing. I actually did have a friend at the Super Bowl last year. Maybe I'll check with him and see if I can get that picture up on the hashtag ProFanView. Last night was the NFL Honors. The surprise of the evening was Prince Harry introduced the NFL Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Prince Harry! Tell you what, the NFL for the NFL Honors show spares no expense and that show is really interesting. They have a choir of former NFL players who sing during the tribute to men who've passed away who played in the NFL they sounded good Cirque du Soleil opened the NFL honors show last night and 
the NFL is full of impressive athletes. Cirque du Soleil is full of impressive athletes. Their final trick was launching someone off a seesaw onto a stack of people standing on each other's shoulders. So, one person, two people, this person off the seesaw did a a backflip in the air and landed on top of the stack as the third person. That's insane. It's entertaining. Perhaps you saw it. Please forgive me if I'm being redundant. Perhaps you've seen Cirque du Soleil live and you're like, Gibbs, you're old news, man. Everybody knows they're athletic. Well, if that's the case, I'm just reinforcing the idea, I suppose. I was impressed. I was impressed. Christian McCaffrey wins Offensive Player of the Year. Lamar Jackson wins MVP. The new NFL Hall of Fame class was revealed. I was really excited to see Devin Hester invited into the NFL Hall of Fame. So what makes Devin Hester unique is he was predominantly known as a return specialist, as a punt returner, a kick returner, but his career returning kicks was game-changing for the Chicago Bears. He was dynamic and he was a threat. And when he was back there, nobody knew what might happen next. I think he deserved to be in the hall. And now, he's sporting that golden jacket. Congratulations to Devin Hester. Cam Hayward of the Pittsburgh Steelers was awarded the the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award last night. His presenter, Prince Harry, it seemed like Cam Hayward truly was surprised that Prince Harry was on the stage with him. He was in, like, shock. Which was funny to see. Tell you what, people will roll out for the NFL. They... They seem to be able to get just about whoever they want on the stage at Super Bowl, at Super at the Super Bowl festivities, including the, the Prince of England. Cam Hayward has a variety of organizations that he has founded to give back to the community in Pittsburgh to to make a difference, to make plays both on the field and off the field. And one of them I didn't know about, but I think is really cool, was called Cam's Closet, where he will actually dress young men for proms, for business interviews, for college visits. He'll get them like he'll he'll get them a suit. They'll tailor it up, make them make them look good. Teach them how to tie a tie. Teach them how to be a professional. That's a cool initiative. That's just one. That's just one of many. That he has going on. And uh, I thought that was really cool. That also reminds me of. The Pro Fan League Business Spotlight. For February. If you haven't got to look at it. Head over to ProFanLeague.com. Check out Icon. They 3D print homes. And their hope is. That they can start to make a difference in the world. Especially in areas where housing is non-existent or unaffordable for people not earning much money 
They can 3D print these homes, which are safe and sturdy, even against the elements and natural disasters, for very efficient prices. And they're building communities, and then they work with local municipalities to provide opportunity for people to take out microloans, purchase a piece of land, pour this home on it, and then work to mortgage it, like to buy the house. And they do that with an organization they've partnered with called New Story. I am focusing this month more on Icon, but one of their close partners is New Story, and they work together to bring these homes to market. You can also buy a printed home right here in America, a 3D printed home. And if you've never seen it, I have a YouTube video there of like the machine actually printing the house. It's astonishing technology. So wander over to profanleague.com, take a look. There is not a new Swinging a Torch blog this week, uh, partially because I don't truly believe that anybody's missing it. Uh, Maybe a few people. If you're one of the handful of people that reads the blog, I'm grateful. I'm not disrespecting you, truly. I'm grateful for you taking the time. I'm going to let it breathe for a little bit. I'm going to spend my time, which is limited in what I can pour into Pro Fan League right now, into some other research projects. And I think I'm going to drop the blog maybe to once a month for a little bit. And we'll see. We'll see what the Lord's doing. We'll see what's happening uh, over the next month or two. Uh, Check out the Pro Fan League YouTube channel. Three for threes are there in the morning. Sometimes they'll be at night on Saturdays, but most of the time by seven o'clock on Saturday, Monday, and Wednesday, there'll be a new Pro Fan League three for three encouragement. Three thoughts right around three to four minutes. Quick. Intended to encourage you. One thought on sports. One thought on Jesus and the Bible. One thought on business. A career idea. Like this past one. I talked quickly. When was the last time you went outside your comfort zone to try to gain a mentor? Or to talk to somebody that you didn't know but thought that they could teach you something valuable? teach you a skill or help you in a way that you needed help to advance your career. I'm not talking like, hey, be my friend so I can advance. Like, truly, you're, you're a learner and you admire the person. You don't know them, but you reach out and you ask for help. Ask if they would meet you for coffee a few times. Ask if they would answer some of your questions. I once heard John Maxwell speak at a conference and he reached out to John Wooden, the legendary UCLA basketball coach, and asked him if they could meet to answer some questions. And what I thought was interesting about that interview with John Maxwell, he's a leadership guy, he's made a living off leadership, is he said most people don't expect to actually get time with people they admire. So when they get it, they waste it because they're not ready. Well, John Maxwell, when he went to interview John Wooden, when he went to meet with John Wooden, he took a hundred 
and 10 questions with him or something like that. It was 100 plus questions. And you know what happened? John Wooden answered like 10 of them at their first meeting. It was supposed to be a breakfast at a diner for an hour. They ended up spending they ended up spending like half a day together. And then John Wooden said, "I want to answer all your questions." So he carved out time for John Maxwell and ended up answering like over 100 questions that John Maxwell had for him. You never know what could happen. What was the last time you got out of your comfort zone? When was the last time you pursued a relationship as a learner that could really make you more dynamic? Maybe today's the day. This is going to lead nicely into Bradley's bloopers. This is a, a humiliating Bradley's bloopers. So on the show on Tuesday... I talked about Bradley Beal. He dropped 43 last weekend on his former team, the Washington Wizards. I'm a fan of Bradley Beal. I like his style, like his attitude. His motto is humble and hungry. And I said that Bradley Beal had a neck tattoo. I would like to publicly ask Bradley Beal for forgiveness. He does not have a neck tattoo. How I came up with that I am not entirely sure. But to compound things, I went to BradleyBeal.com and sent the man his like website an email. And the subject line was neck tattoo. There's pictures of this gentleman on the website. No neck tattoo. And asked him about neck tattoos. I'm sure whoever reads that email, his publicist, his agent was like, wow, Brad Gibbs is a buffoon. And you know what? When I realized this, I also came to the conclusion. So as much as I I took the risk, I sent the email, I made a horrible first impression. I haven't heard back from them. I don't necessarily expect to, especially since it was false. This was Bradley's bloopers. Bradley Beal doesn't have a neck tattoo. I'm not out here. Truly. I want to speak words that are true. This was a humiliating mistake. It was a a glitch in the matrix. I'm a fallen human being. A sinner. I need a savior. And right here on this show, I I showed it to you. So uh, please forgive me, Bradley Beal. Please forgive me, pro-family community. Some gentlemen that do have neck tattoos. Derek Rose. Darren Waller in the NFL. Max Crosby's body is a canvas. That dude has Muhammad Ali, like, inked on his chest. Those are some examples of guys with neck tattoos. Damian Lillard has a heart that creeps up his neck a little bit. So my questions and my curiosities stand. Is it scary to get a neck tattoo? Uncomfortable? Around the jugular, are you nervous? But I did want to correct this. And I, I found it. I, it was bugging me. Like Later in the night, I was like, are you sure? Brad, Bradley Beal has a neck tattoo. And I looked up pictures. And to my horror, there was no neck tattoo to be found. And uh, I don't know where I came up with the fact that Bradley Beal did have a neck tattoo. So I appreciate... To- 
I appreciate all of you who listen to this show diligently and even check up on facts and send me Bradley's bloopers. I think it's an important part of the show. I think it keeps the integrity of the show. So, there you have it. Bradley's bloopers for today. And that leads us beautifully into winning requires communication. I want to clear up a question that a, a pro fan leaguer, a Lancaster Thunder team member had for me from this past show on discernment. And his question was, well, how do you know who's discerning right things? Like Nick Saban discerned stuff, but Lane, Kif- Lane Kiffin was also discerning something. So to try and give some clarity there, I am talking in the podcast from this past Tuesday about discernment from the leadership side. I would have to do a separate episode on discernment from the people in the organization who are following leadership. I would probably discuss discernment in a different way if I was talking about the people who are following the leader. So I'm talking about discernment in pro fan league as the person who's setting the pace, the person who's leading their family, themselves, the organization. They're setting the standard. So I wanted to clarify that. If you were listening to discernment and being like, well, I discern things too. Uh, What if people disagree with Nick Saban? Well, in his organization at Alabama, it was his responsibility to set the pace. So at the end of the day, if you don't agree with what he's discerning, you're probably not going to be in the program too much longer. And I also wanted to clear up that ultimately for the, for the human being, the great equalizer in discernment is God's word. That's where the follower of Jesus goes to discern what is wisdom, what is right and wrong. If you're facing a situation in life and you don't know what to do, I would encourage you to go to God's word and seek the counsel, the whole counsel of scripture around your decision making. I would also encourage you to seek God's word when you are declaring big whys in your life. Trying to establish micro and macro missions. Are your visions and dreams about what God might have or be calling you to do consistent with God's word? So, I wanted to clear that up. It was a really good question on discernment. How do you know who is discerning you know, what's true? Broadly, I do think if what is being discerned lines up with the word of God, that's a great place to start. Today, I wanted to talk about winning requires communication. Nick Saban could have an excellent gift of discernment. He could analyze uh, offenses, defenses, He could observe things about the people under his care as a leader. You as a mom or dad, a a teacher, 
a boss, a manager. You could be amazing at discerning things about the people in your care. But if you can't communicate effectively, help people understand why what you're discerning is important to reach the goal, the mission, the big why, if you can't connect those two things for people, there's going to be trouble. Communication is vitally important to having a, to having a winning experience. In the Nick Saban article, there's examples of how Nick Saban was really good at communicating his his standard all up and down the organization. The whole way down to the people washing the, the jerseys. But not just communicating his standard. Nick Saban took the time to get to know people. And to communicate what he was trying to accomplish. What he thought it would take to move the ball forward toward a victory. At every single level of the organization. And he would often tell people that what isn't coached is allowed. So he wanted his voice to be heard in a clear way in as many areas as possible so people in his organization didn't start filling in the blanks with their own ideas. That wasn't what he wanted. So he was able to effectively communicate his mission and his vision for 17 years at Alabama and at LSU too. Communication. Communication requires someone speaking and someone listening. I'm not just talking about hearing. Somebody needs to be talking and somebody needs to be listening. And I'm talking about active listening, engaged listening, note-taking levels of listening in order for communication to happen. I just recently saw an interview with Ed Reed, and he talked about how he was always really frustrated when they were installing a new defense on the Baltimore Ravens and people weren't taking notes because he felt that he needed every teammate on a defense to understand what was going on if they were going to win. So if somebody's not taking notes, if somebody's not actively engaging the process of communication and listening, that was going to affect the whole team. And it frustrated him. Ed Reed, Hall of Fame safety for the Baltimore Ravens. In an, in an interview with Joe Buck. It was really interesting. Communication is vital in family life, in business life, in your personal life. How you communicate with yourself. What messages do you say to yourself? Are they God's truth from his word? Bible verses? Or do you live in shame and condemnation? Communicating with yourself. Communicating to those you are leading. Communicating to those you are caring for. Do people understand what you're saying? Are you good at creating win-win situations for people where you're asking them to do something and they understand both 
why you're asking it and how it benefits them to do what you're asking. Communication. Or do you prefer to let people try to read your mind or do you prefer to just take lazy communication pathways, say what's on your mind and blow out of the room and expect that people are just going to respond in a benevolent way towards your ideas because you're you. This is not how quality organizations are built. Communication is going to require work and time. T-I-M-E, time. Jesus, right before he ascends to heaven, after he rose from the dead, tells his disciples to go into all the earth and make disciples. And then when you look through the rest of the New Testament after that, his disciples, after they receive the Holy Spirit, are out there communicating the message of Jesus Christ. That they followed him, that he died for sin, that he was alive again, and that they walked with him. And that he's coming again. And that people should repent of their sin and believe and call upon the name of the Lord. And that they would be saved. They were communicating for the rest of their lives. It is fundamental to being human to communicate. So, how's your communication? Do you enjoy communication? Are you willing to put in the work to communicate well? Are you willing to listen? Are you willing to draw out your own idea to the point where you can give it to others in a clear and concise way, helping them understand how it will benefit them to listen to your idea? Communication makes all the difference. Not only could Nick Saban discern as a leader what was going on in the organization under him, but he could effectively communicate his ideas to the people that he was leading and serving in actionable ways, and he could help them see the benefits of what he was saying so they actually wanted to respond to what he was asking of them. There's a lot of lessons to be learned there. Final thoughts for this show. Let's go back to the Super Bowl. So far, I've had some ideas on who would win games. I really went back and forth. Feels like a risk. I could drop to 0-3 if I try to make a Super Bowl call. Then I said, you know what? It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be fun. Yes, there's all this pressure that people feel about the Super Bowl. I'm sure the players are feeling pressure. I'm going 49ers for the fun of it. I'm going 49ers for a few reasons. One, it's really hard to win back-to-back NFL championships. This Kansas City Chiefs team is anchored by a tremendous defense. But it's the most underperforming offense they've had in years. I thought they would get beaten Buffalo. I thought they could get beaten Baltimore. They managed to find victories in both of those places. I think the run is done. I think that 
this 49ers team, top to bottom, has more talent. I believe that Fred Warner and Greenlaw are going to make it their personal mission to shut down Travis Kelsey. Fred Warner is an all-pro middle linebacker. I think that they find a way to neutralize Travis Kelsey. I think they find a way to neutralize Pacheco. And they're going to make Pat Mahomes beat them with Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, and Rashi Rice. And I think that's going to be a challenge against a formidable 49ers pass rush. That front four for the 49ers is chalk full of first round talent. I think they're coming for Pat Mahomes. Are they going to be able to get home? We'll find out. And then on the offensive side of the ball, this Kansas City Chiefs defense has been very good. I think there's weapons everywhere. I think you might see a dash of Brock Purdy's legs. I think Christian McCaffrey is the difference maker in this game. I believe that the 49ers offense has weapons. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Kyle Shanahan, 49ers hoist the trophy, take it back to San Francisco. Those are some of my thoughts on the game. I have also seen reports, read it from a few places. I verified this because I wanted to make sure it was true, that they are selling luxury suites at the Super Bowl for two and a half million dollars a pop. What does one get for two and a half million dollars? Well, you'll be glad to know that the ice cubes in your drink are made to look like footballs for two and a half million dollars. The theme is surf and turf, but don't worry when you walk into the suite, they'll give you a souvenir popcorn. And then they have bacon-wrapped hot dogs, barbecue burnt end burritos, burning my burritos for two and a half million dollars. I know, I know, it's like a high-end thing. Glazed donut sundaes. I saw pictures of these. I don't think it compelled me to write a two and a half million dollar check. Loaded carne asada fries, seafood stuffed baked potatoes, surf and turf nachos. They put lobster on the nachos. If the bacon wrapped hot dog is not good enough, you can also access a Wagyu beef hot dog. Frozen cheesecake on a stick, full-service bar, and all-you-can-eat steak and lobster. That is a mind-blowing number. Two and a half million dollars for a plate of lobster nachos and souvenir popcorn. It's insane. Gladly moved the money from their bank account over to the NFL Allegiant Stadium, the Oakland Raiders of Las Vegas. Unbelievable. Now, I'm sure a lot of that money's corporate money that's probably getting transferred, but I was blown away. I was 
I've actually I've been thinking about it like two and a half million dollars. I I don't see it. I don't see it. Like if you would look at the pictures of the spread, you could you could not the all you can eat steak and seafood and seafood, but the snack foods, you could replicate it for seventy five bucks and I bet you it would taste really similar. Come on. Now, maybe the most enticing thing about spending two and a half million dollars for a luxury suite at the Super Bowl is it has its own bathroom. If you've been to a live sporting event, you know that that might be worth the price more than the popcorn. The profit margin on popcorn at the movie theater is like ridiculous. I think it takes I think it takes like 75 cents to produce a bucket of popcorn and they sell it for 9 bucks. I thought that was somebody creating like a robbery. Well, forget movie theaters. People at the Super Bowl out here selling popcorn for two and a half million dollars. The NFL, they have pricing power. There's no doubt about that. I'm cheering for you. Please give this show a five-star rating. Share it. Share it with your friends. Thanks for spending the time. Go make plays. Think about communication. Are you communicating effectively? It takes time. It's worth the time. Cheering for you, Lancaster Thunder. God willing, talk to you Tuesday. I'll have some pictures up at hashtag ProFanView. Check out the YouTube video. Appreciate you all. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl.